0: God is good to us. Amen. He's always given us stuff that helps us with where we're at and where we're going. True. This isn't just a speech that I came up with, right? This is something that God's given to us as a body so that we can learn and grow and continue to progress in the kingdom of God. Amen. It's important. We hear from God on a regular basis and not just me, right? Your favorite preacher should be you. You should be preaching to yourself, amen? The word of God, what he said to you, about you, for you, amen? You gotta find it in the word and talk to yourself. And then you've gotta hear it from other people too, other sources during the week. I'm encouraging you to do that because the word will change your life. Come on now, the word will change your life for the better, so you can't just hear it once on Sunday. You've got to back it up. Amen. I'm hoping that in this series we're, we're talking about better together in marriage and relationships. I'm, I'm hoping that these have encouraged some conversations, even with yourself and with your spouse, to right, talk about some of these things. To so not just uh you know remember the funny, the funny joke, right? But to like encourage each other, hey, let's talk about that. Let's bring up a subject, let's hash some things out. You know what I mean? It it takes some communication and relationship to make some progress. Is that true? So whether you're single or married, you still got to practice these skills. You've got to learn to communicate and talk and work things out with other people. Amen? And the better you get at it, the better your relationships are. It's true. So let's let's go to the Word. Can we do that? Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. Husband and wife have been married for... Oh, 50 years, and <clears throat> for 43 of those years, they'd bought NFL tickets together, and they'd gone to the, every Super Bowl for 43 years. Every Super Bowl, they bought Super Bowl tickets, they went to the Super Bowl. It's something that they did together. And one day, the the wife got old. she Of old age, she passed away. And so in honoring the tradition, her husband had the tickets and went to the Super Bowl, even though she couldn't go with him. And when he, was at, when he was at the Super Bowl, he had this empty seat next to him. And the guy next to him said, man, you have an empty seat. Is this your seat? And he said, yeah, it's actually, it was, it was my wife's seat. But she passed away. And he's like, oh, man, I'm I'm so sorry to hear that. He said, I, I really can't believe you couldn't convince one of your friends or family members or anybody to come with you to the Super Bowl. And he said, you know, I, I asked everybody, and nobody nobody wanted to come with me. And he's like, man, that's, that's rough. That's rotten. He said, well, what did they all have to do that was better that they couldn't come to the Super Bowl with you to take the place of your... Of your wife that passed away. And he goes, well, right about now, I would assume the funeral's probably starting. So <laughs> honor traditions, but don't take it too far, right? Honor them, but don't take it too far. Genesis chapter two, <clears throat> verse 18. Come on, we're talking about relationships God's way, not the world's way, not the definition of what the media and Hollywood would tell us, right? God's way. God has a perfect plan for marriage. You know, marriage by itself works. Mer- the DNA of marriage is designed to work, right? It's when we get in there and we, we do it different than God's intention, right? We, we try to adapt to the world's view that it starts to fall apart, right? The DNA of marriage is designed to work God's way. Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, this is this is good news. That means if you're in a marriage, there is absolute hope that it can get better and be awesome, right? Come on now. And if you're looking to be married, there is absolute hope. Marriage in and of itself, if not worked God's way, can be messy, right? Anybody figure that out? Come on now. It can be. But I'm telling you, marriage God's way works. It works every time. Verse 18, Genesis 2, book of beginnings, verse 18. God made man. He... he uh, had all this creation, and he said this in verse 18. He said, the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Everybody say comparable. Come on now, not a dog, not a monkey, not an elephant, not a giraffe, somebody comparable to him in his likeness that looks like him, the same species. Skip down to verse 24. Therefore, he made then he made a woman, and, and God said, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become... One flesh. Everybody say one flesh. Come on now. We get together as a married couple and we become one. You become one. God designed this so that you guys can work and function together as one. God said that he needed to create a companion, someone comparable to Adam. Because he went through all the animals and the creatures and he's like, yeah, none of these, none of these are going to work, right? And he took a rib from Adam and he made woman, right? Whoa, man. And he said, now this is good. The two together, this is, he said his creation was good. And when Adam and Eve got together, he said the creation is very good, very good. There's something about being connected and joined to people. That's why you can't isolate yourself. You cannot isolate yourself. So I'm going to encourage you in a couple of things this morning that I think will help you. Help you. One thing we said last week was that one thing we've noticed, uh, just and, and if you pay attention to this, you can see this is true, that relationships that seem to make it and have some longevity, there is a level of personal maturity in that couple. There's a level of personal maturity in that couple. Now think about this. Maturity allows you to see the big picture. Not get caught up in the little, the little problems, the little nuances. Not get mired down in the muck of stuff that is not important, right? We deal with this with our kids. Is that true? Like they're having a tragedy because they can't find the favorite toy. And we know better, right? We try to help them and explain them and walk them through this. It's the difference between a, an adult, a mature mentality, and a child mentality. True? And so we have to recognize that if we're going to have a relationship that's going to grow, we're going to have to grow. Right? You can't put things off on your spouse or your future mate to say, well, you're going to need to change this. No, there's some things you need to change. There's some things that you're going to have to learn to let go. Is that true? In any good relationship, you can focus on the stuff that drives you nuts, and guess what? It'll drive you nuts more and more and more until you just reach a boiling point. There are things that you can just let go. It's true. It's true. It's what love does. Love covers a multitude, a multitude of sins, a multitude of problems and things that you think you should fix this. And I'm not saying you never talk about things, that you never discuss some things, but there are some things in your spouse that they, you have to come to grips with. They may never change but it's not your responsibility to change them. Your job is to be the spouse that God called you to be. Your job is to be the person before you're married that God called you to be so that as you're running after the things of God, come on singles, when you're running after the things of God, right, you're not, pursuing marriage as a goal you're pursuing god as a goal and if F and when and it will happen if you want if you want to be married it will happen when that person comes up running alongside of you looking at the same author and finisher of your faith the same jesus you're facing and you're running together for a while that might be a good sign that god's brought somebody into your life that you can run together but jesus has to be the focus if marriage is your goal you're missing it altogether. two amens and that's good okay (laughs) mark chapter 10 mark chapter 10 god will bring you god will bring you the right person come on now he will bring you the right person at the right time you just follow after him all the married people said come on he'll do it (laughs) there's stories all over the place here you just got to believe it everything that we receive from the lord is by faith and you want to be intentional about who you marry I'll say it again. I believe in arranged marriages. I got three girls. Talk on it. I'm scouting some dudes right now. They'll be watching themselves. Mark chapter 10, verse 6. But from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. Everybody say male and female. Could that be any clearer? Male and female. Okay, come on, stay with me. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Everybody say one flesh. So that they are no longer two, but they are one. God's design is for the husband and wife, and he specifically calls out the husband to leave their father and mother. Leave, right? To get out, to establish and start a life and become one, right? 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 And I'm, I'm. this is the guy that lived with his parents for a couple of years with his wife. Jesus, take the wheel, right? I mean, it was some good times, but it was not like what it should have been. I had the best of both worlds. I had a wife and a mom. It was, Cody was like, we got to get out of here. I'm like, why would we ever leave? <laughs> and she's like, if we don't get out of here, it's going to be on. And And we did, we left. And it was good. I'm telling you, it was, and it's never, trust me, it's to take steps of faith, it never seems like a good time. But that's the whole point of taking a step of faith, is just stepping out and going, okay, God, you, you're going to gonna help me because we believe this is you leading, you're guiding. You told us to leave and, and cleave, right? And when we stepped out, miracle, I mean, like, just jobs, work, income, just started coming. I'm telling you, and it was not coming until we made the decision and started acting. You say, oh, it would have happened anyway. You do not understand the kingdom of God. Things are in motion because of your choices, because of your action, because of your faith. So we've got to be willing to do that. The other, the other part of this worldly idea of, of marriage is this whole dating concept. Did you know that dating, there is zero verses in the Bible for dating? Zero, right? There are friends, there are fiancés, and there are spouses. So we have to have a church view of what dating looks like. Let me give you a little insight. This is this will help you. I've said this before, but this will help you. As singles and you're dating, you should make every effort to not be alone alone with the other person. Things don't happen good when you're alone alone, right? Especially when it's dark after 10 o'clock, right? When you have kids, you start recognizing the clock. Like nothing good happens after 10. Zero. <laughs> Right? You you need to make you need to create boundaries and make good decisions about the time you spend alone with the opposite sex before you're married. When you're married, game on. Before you're married, be smart. The world says, oh, you gotta, you've gotta get together and you've gotta live together and you've gotta do all this stuff together before you get married. God says the blessing is on the marriage covenant after the covenant, not before. Right? You're just it's it's curse and it's problem before right? And it's not God's curse. He just said, it's set up this way. You do it my way, it's blessed. You do it the world's way, you're going to have trouble. Come on now. I'm just being real. This will help you. We need to teach our kids this, right? I mean, in this in this group, there's just statistically, there have been teen pregnancies. There have been out of wedlock kids. And we love those kids, right? They are a gift from God. But there is a way to do this that we want to teach our kids to do it the right way where there's a commitment involved. Amen. Can I say this from up here? I mean, somebody's got to speak the truth, amen? Our kids need to hear this. They need to understand this, even if we didn't do it the right way. Come on now, all, of all of us sitting here, we didn't all do it the right way, right? We made some mistakes, we, right? But we need, to un, we need to let our kids know, not, we don't hide this from them, but we say, there was a better way. I could have done it a better way. The best way to learn from a mistake is to learn from someone else's mistakes, not your own, right? Way better, way, way better. And if our kids will see that, that we, we said, okay, we've made some mistakes. We've, we've caught some of our own hurt. But if you do it different than I did, it's so much better, right? You can be real with your kids. They need to see that. They should be standing on the shoulders of their parents, right? Not even playing field. We want to launch them out ahead of where we started, true? Build on what we've learned and grown. That's why we're trying to put it in them. That's why I have to speak the truth. I have to speak the truth in this area because it's important. Marriage is the covenant in which the sexual relationship happens, not before. It'll, it'll mess you up. Come on now. Okay. Still love me. Just stay with me. Um, it was funny because growing up, I mean, I dated uh, growing up, but I never had a, a girl that I called my girlfriend ever. Ever growing up until my until Cody. And you know like, oh that guy's a prude. I'm like, well, maybe. But I just I just never dated someone long enough to say, let's let's see how far this goes. Let's, you know, talk about marriage. It never happened. When I finally found Cody, right? And it was like, This girl, this girl could be the one. When I came I remember I came back from somewhere, some trip or something. I can't remember exactly how it went down. She'll correct it later. Um, I, remember, I remember asking her uh, in a super awkward way, will you be my girl? Will you be my girl? It wasn't an engagement, but it was like, I don't want to see anybody else. I just, we're, you know, it, Let's make this exclusive. That's basically what I was saying. And then it was really funny because after that, we were like introducing each other, and, and she was like, this is my friend, Corey? She, she like, couldn't get to boyfriend. I couldn't get to girlfriend. It just sounded weird. It just sounded, this is my girlfriend. Like we were like in junior high. And like we're we're dating, you know, we're we're, we're together. It was just an awkward, but you know, it, it was awkward, I think, on purpose. Because this whole girlfriend, boyfriend thing is just a worldview, right? And, okay, I wasn't going to say this, but you need some help. Parents need some help. Do not, with your kids, do not bug them about having boyfriends and girlfriends. oh, you got a girlfriend, you got a boyfriend. I'm telling you, they're trying to live up to this expectation. Don't put that on them. They don't need a girlfriend or a boyfriend. They need friends, right? And they need to hang out in groups, right? Behind open doors, wide, wide open doors, all lights on doors, right? In rooms, well lit, supervised thoroughly. Uh, can I be real right don't push your kids to do that if somebody says that to my kid do you have a boyfriend or you are you interested in a boy like nope she's not she doesn't have a boyfriend she's not that she's not even close she's 11 right don't do that to your kids it's a worldview it's designed to push them into places they're not equipped to handle they're not ready right you're 22 you weren't ready Now, we're pushing it on 10-year-olds? Stop it. Stop it, okay? Okay. That's not in the notes. Somebody (laughs) needed to hear that. Thank you, Lord. Our culture is downplayed, watered-down marriage like crazy, right? Watered it down. Starter marriages, living with each other, um, acting like you're married without the covenant, right? Um, Gosh, common-law marriage. you You live together long enough, they just... Hand it over. It's crazy, right? We, we've we got to pay attention to what God's view and God's version of marriage is and stand up for what is right. The world calls that hate. It is not hate. It's the truth. We can love people even when they're making bad decisions. Is that true? Okay. No hate. We love people, but that doesn't mean I have to agree with everything you do, right? Okay. God designed us to come together, to be one. And so if God designed us to be one, then the enemy is gonna to fight to make us separate, to get us on two different paths, to keep us in this so quote unquote marriage, but to be doing life completely separate. I'm telling you, it is not God's plan. And it will not bring fulfillment. It'll drive a wedge. It'll cause resentment and discontent in every area. We have to find a way to work together in in a marriage. Okay, Mark three. It says this, if a house is divided Mark 3, verse 25. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. We are taught in our culture that diversity is our strength. Anybody heard that? Little catchphrase? Diversity is our strength. The problem is, is that's completely untrue. <laughs> diversity is not our strength. We are called the United States of America. Right? The reason why we become strong and a great country is because people from all cultures and walks of life from eons past have come together and found a way to learn a common language and work together for a same goal. Diversity, while it is a great little catchphrase word, is actually a wedge. It's to focus on how we're different. We're different, we're different, we're different, we're different, we're different. This, that makes us strong. Actually, what makes us strong in marriage is the similarities that we have the same Jesus we serve, the same church we go to, the same role in, in uh, raising our kids, right? Staying together on finances and prayerfully considering decisions that we make. These are the things that make us strong, not our differences, right? How about just that phrase, opposites attract? I've used it, you've used it, right? True? And it's it's meant to look like this is an absolute good thing when in reality the the strengths and weaknesses of each individual are complementary in marriage. But it's not it's not our opposites that make us better, it's that one strong in one area and one strong in another and they complement each other. Just in the natural. And I'm not I'm not talking this down at all. I want you to hear me clearly in my heart. Just in the natural. When marriages happen from let's say the northwest to the deep south. Right? there's some conflict in the marriage because culturally that is very different. Is that true? Come on now, cultures, deep South, Northwest, very different. Her expectations of what a husband should do and be were different from the expectations that I had for a wife and what she should do and be. And we had to work through some things, right? Now we start talking about other countries. Think about that. Culturally, I mean, it's, it's wonderful that people can get together and do this. I am not against this at all. I'm just saying marriage in and of itself has its challenges when you marry somebody that's similar culture already. Then when you add other cultures to it, it's challenging. That means there's another hurdle. It's not something to be celebrated. It's really something that you have to learn to overcome. It's true. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not talking down to anybody that has done this. I'm just saying, if you look at it and you recognize there are some hurdles. I've got, I have friends that, um, born in the States, married from another country, Asian countries and, uh, South American countries. And I'm telling you, there are some hurdles that had to be overcome in learning how to have expectations and cope and get along. Cause now you're having to understand the opposite sex, which is good night. Nurse can be challenging. Now you're trying to understand the upper opposite sex from a whole other culture you see what I'm saying? So God can put people together from all over the place. I'm just saying we need to teach our kids to be mindful of these decisions, right? Because you can fall in love with anybody. You spend enough time, you put enough effort, you will fall in love with them. We see that in all over the place in our culture. We see it in male and female, female and female, male and male, come on now. If you let yourself spend enough time, and meditate on enough stuff, you will fall in love with anybody. And that does not mean that they are your soulmate. It's fun, right? I'm just, I'm just being honest. We've we got to be real about this. God has a destiny and a purpose. And I'll say this again. I don't believe there's just one person in the whole wide world for you to fall in love with. That would be just cruel, right? I believe there's a personality that's perfect for you. Right? A culture that's perfect. Then that could be thousands. God's not limited. He can get you the right one. You just got to be in the right place at the right time and be listening to him. Yes? There are lots of options that would be great for you. Some of us found them. Amen? And let me tell you what. If you're wondering if you're married to the right person, look at the marriage certificate. Because guess what? They it? used done did it. Okay? So God's going to help you make that work, and it's going to be good. He's not limited. You know, back in the early days when, when cultures were adapting to our country, they were coming over and immigrating, there was problems because, uh, say, Irish folks and then Italians, they were grouping together, right? Uh, Asian folks were grouping together from all the different Asian countries, and they were creating these pockets, and they, their, their pride of their own country was almost wrecking the fact that they were here in the United States of America. Because it was a pride thing that I'm Irish or I'm Italian, right? Or I'm Chinese. And it was like they were driving wedges in the cultural melting pot of what we call America. And we don't see that as much. We still see it. We still see it. Come on now. Because there's supposed to be this assimilation into our country. Amen? It's the same thing with marriage. It's like you can hold the pride of who you were or you can say now I'm assimilating to the one that God has connected me with. And we're going to do this life together. Everybody said, together. Come on, together is important. You can't do it on your own. It's important. It's like like that movie, Miracle. It was a hockey movie that Kurt Russell was the coach. You guys remember that? If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's excellent. It's like, I don't like sports movies. It's a good one. And these guys formed uh, the first Olympic hockey team from college players. So all these ace college players from all over the country were skating together. And they were rivals. And so they didn't get along, and they were trying to find a way to play together. And so Coach had had it, had it with the fighting. And so he starts making them skate suicides, just lines. It's brutal, brutal. And they're, like, puking (laughs) and tired. And he keeps, when they stop, after they've been going, he stops and he asks one, who do you play for? I play for Ohio State. Run it again. They skate another suicide. He asks another guy, who do you play for? I play for Michigan. Run it again. And he did this over and over and over. And finally, he got to a guy and he goes, who do you play for? And he said, I play for the United States of America. Right? He got it. We don't play for our individual colleges. We're playing for the collective, why we were brought together to play against. Come on now. You, you are going to have to come together in a marriage relationship to work together against the enemy that wants to break you apart. Work for the plan of God for your life in faith, accomplishing what he's purposed in your heart. That's why it's so important you pick wisely. Choose wisely who you're going to marry. And if you're already married, you chose. You're right, you're in. Thank you, Lord. God's going to make it good. Get together, figure this out, and go after the things of God for your life. Amen? Okay. Genesis chapter 11. Give you an example of this. You guys doing okay? Genesis chapter 11, verse 1. Um, verse, yeah, verse one. <clears throat> this is the Tower of Babel. You guys remember this story? Now the whole earth had one language and one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar, and they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. And now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come on, this is the, the creator of the universe saw what they were doing and said, Because they're one and they're united, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. United. God said that. United is a big deal. Working together is a big deal. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> God said, "Come, let us go down and confuse their language, that they may not understand one another's speech, so that the Lord scattered them from abroad, from where the, from all over the face of the earth." And they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name is called the Tower is called Babel because the Lord confused the language of the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the earth. The Lord confuse their language on purpose one is this is a long story but they were in rebellion he told them to go out and populate the earth and they didn't do it they stayed all together and they started building the tower and they were making themselves gods essentially and so god's like yeah we can't have that but the point of this story is is that together one working together unity creates a powerful force a powerful force and the enemy wants to drive a wedge and he wants you guys to do things separately He wants to start right from the beginning. Before you're even married, he wants you guys to be thinking and doing separately. And God wants to bring you alongside and just understand that covenant, that relationship, that marriage. That is the pivot point right there where you come together. You know, we come from all kinds of places. A mixture of all kinds of um, cultures, even race, right? All over the place. You've got people that um, are rich and marry somebody that's poor. Well, how many of you know if you were raised with a silver spoon and you were raised with macaroni, there's going to be some challenges on the money side. True, um, we see stuff like um, highly educated versus be- basic educated. Nothing wrong with it, but you got to understand there's going to be some there's going to be some hurdles. Right? We've got to think about this when we're explaining this and teaching our kids. Right? When we're thinking through these things, you're not going to have this checklist of like everything fits, but you want to be mindful of what. And who you're spending time with. Who God has led you to. Is that true? City slicker versus country bumpkin. Right? Even that can cause some, where are you going to live? You're going to live in a high rise? You're going to live out in the country. Right? Okay. There are there are things about marriage we've got to understand that the world wants us to celebrate and be so happy about all of our differences. But really, we need to recognize the things that we are similar at. that we're, That we like to do together. And sometimes that's learning your spouse's hobby because you want to spend time with them it happens right you do things together fish together right hunt together whatever that looks like do stuff together find ways to connect do more things together you want to have a good marriage do find find ways to do more things together I'm not saying there's not any uh, benefit in having some alone time on your own having a hobby where you get to do something outside of of being together there there, there is some benefit to that but There are some guys and some gals that all their hobbies, everything that they like to do is outside of the covenant, outside of being together. It's hard to connect that way. So be thinking about that. One or the other, right, needs, or both, needs to make a few changes, tweak a few things. It's okay. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Where do we get our expectations for marriage? Man, that's all over the place right? Sometimes, and in our culture, it's increasingly more difficult. We got our expectations of marriage because we had a good example from our actual parents, right? Our biological parents stayed together, were a good example to marriage. If you are fortunate enough to have that, you are in the minority in this day and age. It's true. It's true. But there's a whole bunch of people that didn't have that, right? Or maybe they had a step-parent and a parent that modeled it. Maybe they had uh, their modeling from not good sources like, I don't know, television, The Simpsons, family guy, married with children. Can we think of other horrible, horrible, horrible examples of marriage, right? I mean, all over the place. There are not a ton of really good marriages on TV you can model your life after. It's true. But you got to understand that in marriage, all these expectations are coming from all kinds of places. Some good, some bad. We got to recognize and talk about these expectations and understand that some of these things just are completely not going to be fulfilled because we're not going to live like that. We're not going to treat each other like that. We're not going to talk like that, right? We're going to model an example of a relationship before our kids that we would like our kids to have, right? Cody and I are fortunate enough to come from parents that married and stayed together the whole whole time, are still together. That's rare, and we would both be honest, and our parents would too, that there are things that we have cherry-picked from each that we like and things that we would not want to do, right? And we had good examples, but you know, there's stuff that you just got to weed through, right? Be smart. Be mature. Okay. Mark 10. Mark 10 verse 7 says this. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined, everybody say joined, to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. Everybody say one flesh. So that they are no longer two, but one. One flesh, one flesh. So the first word there is leave, leave. If you're thinking about getting married and your idea is we don't have enough money, we're gonna get married, but we're gonna live at mom's house for a while, not a good idea, right? Not a good idea. If you have the option, Keep working, stay separate, and save up some money so you can live on your own. There is a benefit in leaving. I'm telling you, it'll do do your marriage good. Parents, when your kids want to do that and stay in your home, I know it's nice to have the kids come back and nest, but you need to give them some good advice, right? You need to give them some good advice and help them to understand if you need to wait a little bit, wait a little bit and live on your own. Get married, live on your own. Everybody say leave. I'm telling you, that's God's plan. And this is coming from the guy that lived at his mom's house for far too long, right? But the blessing of moving out and doing what God called us to do was far better. Amen. The second word there is joined, to be joined together. That's important because we got a whole bunch of marriages that, man, they get together. And then, and I understand there's careers and there's doing different things, but you've got to find a way. Find a way to spend as much time together as possible. There's people that travel. They're gone all the time. They're on the road. You get to see them like one day a week. That is not easy to do in marriage. It is super hard. You have to understand that. It's super hard. You need to spend as much time together, be joined together, make decisions together, right? Husbands, you are not the dictator of the home. You are the head of the household. You will be responsible for decisions. You are not a dictator, so you got to hear you got to hear from God and you got to talk to your wife. She's got excellent insight for you. And on the other side of the equation, wives, you don't have all the answers either. You're not right all the time. It's true, right? chuckle chuckle. It's true. But you you've got to recognize that you have you have a piece of the puzzle and he has a piece of the puzzle. And you don't get his piece even though you think you know it. You've got to rely on the fact that God speaks to your husband too, right? And he knows things that you don't know. That's the whole point of being joined, working together. (laughs) My wife told me I was a little man-heavy last week because I'm talking from the guy's perspective. She's like, you got to talk to the ladies a little bit and let them know they need to listen to their husbands. It's true. You cannot think of your husband as a not-headed rascal that you're just manipulating through life to get him to just do what you want him to do. That's a TV marriage mentality to just make the man emasculated that he's just not smart enough to even find the bathroom. It's not true. There's an anointing to be a husband. There's an anointing to be the wife. You both do your part. It's true. So you got to learn to listen, right? Learn to hear each other out. Work together. It's important. One flesh. When, it's ta- when the Bible talks about becoming one flesh, it, it's specifically talking about coming together in the sexual union. One flesh. It's flesh. That's what it is, right? And it's important that husbands and wives get together on a regular basis. Somebody needs to tell you this from the pulpit. I'm telling you, this is an important part for husbands and wives. Everybody say husbands and wives. That means you're married, right? That's not a piece of paper a judge signs. That's a covenant you make before witnesses and before God. It's blessed when you do that. You want it. You want it this way. It's God's way. It's perfect. It's just right. When you do it outside of that, you're opening yourself up for all kinds of heartache. I'm telling you, the one couple you know that did it and made it and they're married together for forever and ever, it's by the grace of God. The reason why we have an epidemic of divorce is people aren't hearing this and they're starting the whole process early. Before the covenant, before the relationship, and it's causing schisms and problems that bleed into the covenant that have to be completely worked out. That people just ignore, and then they don't they don't work them out, and they just say, "Well, I guess I got a defective one. Let's get another one." Right? If we do it God's way, I'm telling you, I'm, it's not easy. It's way better than not doing it God's way. Yeehaw! So, so this one flesh, guys. And gals, you need to make a practice, married couples, you need to make a practice of getting together on a regular basis, okay? I'm not going to go into details because this is a mixed crowd, but I'm just saying y'all need to have some relations, right? It's important for the relationship. It's important, amen? And you know, if things aren't working right, then some, some things need to change, right? If it's not going the way you think it should, communication needs to happen, some talk needs to happen because guys and girls are different, right? Guys are like cars, you can start them and just drive them right away girls are like airplanes. You got to take your time and look them over, make sure they're airworthy before you go out and fly them. Okay. Without getting into details, it's just they're, We're different. We're different. Amen. And if you don't recognize that and you just want to have it your way, if there's going to be problems. So figure it out. All right. Is that adult enough for you guys moving on? <laughs> some people are like, I hope he gets off of this. Cause I think he's listening or she's listening. And some people are like, keep going. I think they're listening. <laughs> we got to do things together in harmony and union, right? That means financial goals, raising kids, eating, sleeping, planning, talking, dates, worshiping together. Like we got to do these things together. Don't do those separate, right? If you're bringing home the majority of the income, that's not your money, that's our money. We do things together. If you don't get your head around that, you're going to have trouble. It's together, okay? Ecclesiastes 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 9 says this. Two are better than one, because they have good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls. For he has one, for he has no one to help him. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken, right? This isn't a marriage verse. It's a together verse. Having somebody with you, right? If you had to go search out a dark, dark building and find out what was in there without any lights, you don't want to do that by yourself, right? It's nice to have somebody with you. Is that true? Larry, right? <laughs> right? I mean, there's just things that are better together and the Bible talks about it. True? Okay. Um, I want to I show you something that uh, a little clip that Darren's going to play for us that uh, just illustrates that we are absolutely better together because this, this movie clip ran through my mind um, when we were thinking about this. Without me, with me, Start it one more without time, me, please. is like here. With me, it's here. Without me, here. With me, without me, with me, without me, is like here. With- one more time. Because we used to like here. With me, it's here. Without me, here. With me, without me, with me, Without me is like here. He says, "Your life expectancy with me is here. With with me is here. Without me is here. With me, without me. It's just a funny clip, but it's true. Like our our ability to progress and move in life is so important that we stay together. We got to stay together. Amen, man. You want to have some consistency? You want to move forward in life? Stay together. Okay. A couple more things. Uh, First Corinthians seven says this: The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. It's important we recognize that we're one, right? You can't just go out and do anything that you choose to do once you're married. I heard a story of a a husband and wife, and the wife went on like a girl's trip and just wanted to go out and have, you know, just get away from the kids and just have some time. And I don't have any problem with that, but when she came home, she had a little tattoo that she had tattooed on her derriere, the backside, right? The caboose. Everybody know what I'm talking about? And she thought it would be just wonderful to show her husband. And he was uh, a little ticked off. He was not really thrilled about it. And she was like, well, what's the problem? And he goes, she said, you, it's like you don't like it. And he goes, I don't. You didn't talk to me at all. He understood this verse, right? This can go both ways. If you're going to do something to yourself, with yourself, you better have some some talks with your spouse you are together i don't have a problem with tattoos tattoos are not in and of themselves a problem people got crosses and heads of lions and all kinds of all kinds of cool stuff but when you're married okay (laughs) decisions that are made together financial spending vacations holiday traditions church your time think about your hobbies what you spend your time on If you have like six hobbies and none of them involve your spouse, you got problems. You need to figure that out real quick, right? You like to golf? Figure out a way to golf together or find something you can do together. It's more fun anyway. You need to get together and spend some time together. Life is better together. Is that true? We want to minimize, as husbands and wives, we want to minimize our apart time as much as possible. We want to find a way to do life together. That doesn't mean that you get sewn together, right? We are still created in the image and likeness of god we are two right we are two husband and wife but the lord has designed this that we get together we spend time together and i'm telling you it's going to take work and effort because you might not like everything that he likes to do and you might not like everything that she likes to do but you got to find a way to do some stuff together i'm telling you it'll help you if you have jobs that keep you from seeing each other like ships passing in the night you need to figure that out i mean believe god for a better job I'm telling you, he will provide it. He wants it more than you do for you guys to spend time together. I mean, I know couples, they see each other barely once a week and just got married. That's hard. Try not to do that to yourself. Find a way to make that different. Yeah? And if you're living in that right now, it can be better. It can change. Don't feel like you're stuck. God is a big God. He can do big things. He wants you to have a good marriage, and that's going to require you guys spending time together. Cody and I's first two years of marriage were rough. They were rough. We were great during the week because we just saw each other from like 6 to 9 and then bedtime, right? We'd get along for three hours. But learning to get along on the weekends was really hard. We, but if we hadn't spent that time together, we would have prolonged working out that stuff in our relationship for 5, 6, 10 years down the road. Kicking the can, so to speak. But we had to work some stuff out. It was not marriage bliss the first couple of years. It was hard. It got better, right? I just want to be real with you. It did. It got better. It was hard the first couple of years. Two people trying to figure out what a girl from the South and a guy from the Northwest, how we're going to figure this out together. Very different expectations. But had we not spent time together, we would not have worked it out. And you can't avoid your spouse because you're you're having some schisms. You're having some problems you got to get together, and you got to figure out a way to get along. That takes time. Anybody getting anything out of this? I'm just trying to speak the truth as clear and as plain as I can, right? Because God wants us to have good relationships so that we're modeling that, not just to our kids, but to our kids' friends, right? To our neighbor's friends. They're going to need an example of a relationship, and that's going to be you. Or is it going to be good or bad, right? Because we can't keep learning from the television or from Hollywood, right? Those don't work. Those are fake all the way around. They got to see it from somebody, amen? We've got, her her parents were like parents to what they call strays. These kids that just had rough home lives. They would come over and hang out at her parents' house. And while her parents would like yell at each other, (laughs) like you can hear it from outside, they still loved each other, right? And they modeled that no matter, even though we're not getting along at this moment, we're sticking it out. We're together. And those kids have come back and said, I'm so glad I had the place to go where I could see real life right? But you guys still loved each other. You still found a way to work it out. That could be you. That could be you with your kids and your kids' friends. Get it straight. Do it God's way. Amen. Can I pray for you?